called Wonderful Wednesday is here. Welcome in. It's y'all. And this is the show that's wild and wonderful because we're all about the South here. I'm John Rawl. So good you could join us. We have so much good stuff coming up today. I'll tell you what that is. But first, let me tell you how you can connect to all y'all. Our website is y'all.com. We can go on there right now. I dare you. I double dog dare you. We have some great stuff. You can learn all about Kentucky Derby hats at y'all.com. Got a great store that just went up last night about that. We have so many tourism and travel related stories on y'all.com. It's the hottest website on the earth right now. Y'all.com. Check it out. Go on Facebook and like us there. Y'all.com. It is awesome, and we want you to be a part of it. Plus, we link our show out on the website and on Facebook now every day. Y'all, the website that's all about the South, and this is the radio show that's all about the South with your host, the General John Rawl. Thank y'all for tuning us in. Hey, coming up today on Y'all, we have an ACC report coming up in just a few minutes with Jonathan Leifite of CBS Sports Digital and 247sports.com. He's going to talk about that Final Four bound Virginia Cavalier basketball team. Congrats to Coach Tony Bennett and the Who's. They're back in the Final Four for the first time since 1984. And can you believe it? They finally did it. After last year losing the first time ever a team that was a number one seed losing to a number 16 team in UMBC. And Virginia writes that wrong. And they have a real chance to win the national championship. Now, wouldn't that be a story? Going from a goat to a hero in one year. And that's what the Cavaliers have a chance to do this weekend in Minneapolis. They got a game Saturday against Auburn. They win that. They move on and play Monday for the national championship against either Michigan State or they may face off against Texas Tech if the Red Raiders win that contest. So all kind of good basketball talk coming up with Jonathan. We'll tell you about some news on the women's basketball front as Notre Dame moves on to the women's college basketball Final Four and some coaching news also on the women's front in the ACC. On the football side, we've got a little bit more information about the young man who died last week that was a part of the Georgia Tech football program. Jonathan will talk about that. Plus, the Alliance of American Football evidently has deceased, has gone, and I'm going to get Jonathan's take on how that league had a great chance to give ACC players of yesteryear a a legitimate chance to play professional football. And I'm really ticked off about that. And I, I may not go off on the AAF today, but I will at some point because I enjoyed that league and I actually was just at a game this past weekend in person and had a good time. And, and so it really, really, I don't want to see more soccer on television for God's sakes. And you're going to get more soccer in March and April when you don't have things like the Alliance of American football or another league like that this time of year. I'm say, I say down with soccer for goodness sake. And unfortunately, this league just didn't have a chance. So we'll get Jonathan's takes on the Alliance. Plus, we've got another exciting weekend of ACC baseball that's going to be played this weekend in college baseball. Jonathan's got a a chance to weigh in on that when we have our ACC spotlight later this hour of y'all. And when we get to hour two, we'll start it off with a little hashtag, huddleballoo. Oh, we got some fun stuff there, y'all. And as my great aunt would say, my goodness... Oh my goodness. Oh, you just gotta, you gotta stick around for hashtag hullabaloo coming up at the start of hour two. And then we'll have Nashville Music Line next hour with Precious Harris, the 
lady that puts the music in music row well not really but she's a great asset and we are so glad that each week she comes on here with her hilarious take on all things country music that's an hour two if you're able to tune that in on today's y'all show either on a great radio station and or you go to our website y'all.com or go into itunes podcast and subscribe it's free of charge and let the let the computer or your phone automatically download it to you each and every day, and you don't have to put any brain cells to work. Let the show come straight to you free of charge. It's y'all, and it's talk with a southern accent. All right, let's get into the headlines of the southeast. And I don't know about you, but it might have seemed like an April Fool's joke maybe a day later than it was supposed to be. But if you lived in the Carolinas, on tuesday there was a chance you woke up with snow oh you gotta be kidding me but sure enough a rare weather phenomenon unfolded over a small area of both north and south carolina yesterday and it makes the second day of april feel more like the second day of january not a lot accumulated but i actually have friends that live around charlotte and they were putting photos and videos on facebook and it was the second time since 1915 on yesterday that the city of Charlotte saw measurable snowfall during the month of April. So it doesn't happen very often. They AccuWeather says that the snowfall amount was a tenth of an inch in the second April snow since 1915, as I said. So 104 years after it first happened in April, it comes again to Charlotte, North Carolina, and a little bit of South Carolina as well. And I think the temperatures ended up getting higher the rest of the day on Tuesday. And I think they're expected to hit 70 today. So all of you in the Queen City of Charlotte and surrounding areas, hopefully you enjoy the very minute amount of snowfall because you're likely not going to see any more until maybe wintertime. But a nice April surprise from the man upstairs. Prosecutors say no one will be punished for that 2015 shootout that happened in Waco, Texas. Remember that biker gang shootout where nine people were killed and 20 people were injured at Waco when they had a meeting at one of the restaurants there called Twin Peaks? 177 bikers were arrested in May of 2015 outside of Twin Peaks. And it, it turns out that, again, prosecutors say no one's going to be punished for that shootout. As the district attorney, Barry Johnson of McLennan County, Texas, said in a statement Tuesday that he's dropping all remaining charges and that any further effort to prosecute would be a waste of time, effort, and resources. I don't know. I guess they were all trying or, or claiming self-defense. I mean, it was a nasty scene. Again, nine people dead back in 2015 and 20 injured in Waco with rival biker gangs going at it. Hopefully they've all learned to get along a little better and no reason to to start shooting at a restaurant. And Twin Peaks, by the way, is a nice nice restaurant. It wasn't like some strip club on the edge of Waco. That's a chain that's all over. And I hate it for them because they just were having a, a nice, I think it happened on a Sunday, and so many people were injured and killed there. How about this story? And it's hard for me to tell you this story without you seeing the mugshot of the actual guy. If you saw his haircut and the mullet, you would laugh your fanny off. But this comes to us from Oklahoma, where a federal jury on Tuesday convicted a former gubernatorial candidate in Oklahoma and a zookeeper. He was both a gubernatorial candidate and a zookeeper, and they convicted him 
on an attempted murder-for-hire plot. 56-year-old Alan Maldonado Passage uh, is the man, and he was accused of trying to arrange the killing of a Florida animal sanctuary founder who criticized his treatment of animals. And the man is known as Joe Exotic and was also found guilty in the deaths of five tigers and selling and offering to sell tiger cubs in violation of the Endangered Species Act. If you saw his mugshot from prison, he looks not like a tiger in this thing. He looks like a skunk. Mr. Passage from Oklahoma City. I don't know what happened with his barber, but yeah, it's a, it's a crazy thing uh, there if you see that. But he also ran for governor, as we said, in Oklahoma at one point. But now going to jail, he faces more than 20 years in prison. See you later. You won't be feeding any tigers behind bars more information coming to us from columbia south carolina where that young lady was unfortunately killed after she mistakenly got into a car samantha josephine she died over the weekend she was a student at the university of south carolina and she was 21 years old a native of new jersey and on tuesday a bill was introduced in the south carolina legislature to require uber and lyft drivers to have illuminated signs and I've seen those on Uber and Lyft cars, I guess, in more of the bigger cities. But I think they are a wonderful addition, especially the way they are lit up. You can see them even in the broad daylight. And I'm not saying that that proves that they're absolutely legit. I guess you could have a counterfeit lit up Uber or Lyft sign. But House Speaker in South Carolina, Jay Lucas, immediately put the bill on the calendar for Wednesday to be debated Representative Seth Rose in South Carolina said the bill was in response to that Friday killing of Samantha Josephson, and police say Josephson had ordered an Uber ride early on Friday morning but mistakenly got into a car driven by 24-year-old Nathaniel David Rowland, who police say he killed Josephson with a sharp object and dumped her body about an hour and a half away from Columbia. But unfortunately, Miss Josephson died, and if there's any good that can come of it, perhaps at least in South Carolina, They'll have measures there, so it's a little perhaps safer if you want to catch an Uber or a Lyft ride. From Atlanta at Georgia Tech, a data breach there has affected over a million people. Now, they're not supposed to have technology issues at the Georgia Institute of Technology, but that happened on Tuesday, and as many as 1.3 million people may have had personal information exposed after this data breach at Georgia Tech. And among the people affected includes the current and former faculty, student staff, and student applicants at Tech. According to officials at the Institute, the database was assessed by an unknown outside entity. Lord, we hope for the best for all those in the Georgia Tech family, but I deal where over a million people probably affected by a data breach that somehow have a connection to Georgia Tech. Lawmakers in Alabama are proposing a ban on most abortions as conservatives take aim at the 1973 Roe v. Wade Supreme Court decision that legalized abortion. We've already seen measures in Georgia in terms of abortion, and other states like Tennessee have had measures passed recently. And in Alabama, this bill is going to confront Roe v. Wade. We'll find out what happens there. You know there will be a court challenge and more, but Alabama as they're trying to push forward this outlawing of abortions in the heart of Dixie. 
More state news, this from North Carolina, as the chairman of North Carolina's Republican Party and a secretive big money donor are facing federal bribery and wire fraud charges as they're accused of trying to sway an insurance regulator's decisions in favor of the donor's insurance companies and state GOP chairman Robin Hayes and investment firm founder Greg Lindbergh are among four people charged in federal indictments unsealed on Tuesday in Raleigh. Hayes and a Lindbergh spokesman didn't immediately respond to requests for comments, but not a good deal for Republicans in North Carolina. Lindbergh has given more than $5 million to North Carolina's I guess Republican candidates primarily, as well as party committees and independent expenditure groups. But again, the GOP chair in North Carolina charged with bribery in the old North state. More headlines coming your way here on this Wednesday edition of the y'all back into the state politics. We go and to the state capital of Georgia and Atlanta on Tuesday. It was the final day of the state government meeting A bill that will raise the minimum marriage age to 17 is now heading to Brian Kemp's desk as the legislation was given final approval by the state house on Tuesday with a vote of 155 to 14. Under Georgia's current law, 16-year-olds can get married with parental permission. And under this bill, a 17-year-old that wanted to marry would have to be legally emancipated from their parents by a judge and undergo pre-marriage counseling. A 17-year-old would also not be allowed to marry someone more than four years older vanderbilt university in nashville is going to have a changing of the guard of its leadership as its chancellor is resigning in august nicholas zeppos announced tuesday he plans to resign august 15th after more than a decade as vanderbilt's chancellor he said he will take a year-long sabbatical and then return to to vanderbilt in nashville as a law professor so a change there for this SEC school. Zeppos replaced former Chancellor Gordon Gee as the private Nashville University's interim leader back in 2007 and was appointed chancellor in 2008. Again, Nicholas Zeppos, who has done some, I would say, radical things there. But, of course, Vanderbilt's slightly radical anyway compared to a lot of schools in the South. Uh, chancellor, a new, new chancellor heading to West End in Nashville in a few months. Now, how about this story? And we normally have our outdoors feature on Friday with Cleve Marsh, but this is outdoors related, but I can't wait any longer to, to for Cleve because I'm not sure Cleve's going to be able to scoot in here this week because we've got a lot of golf coverage coming up on Friday. But duck season, i got to ask him about this, but duck season has been a big disappointment in Arkansas and probably a few other states as it's a way of life in the natural state, but Both hunters and wildlife managers agree that it's been a disappointing duck season in 2018 and 2019. And hunters say there have been few and far ducks this year. One man, an avid duck hunter named Chad Hamlin, said that he's been duck hunting since he was 10 years old. And it's something I love and look forward to every season. And he hunted about 50 days of the 60 available days to hunt. And he described this duck season as one of the worst that he can recall I don't know if it's global warming or what's going on, if there is such a thing as global warming, but these ducks just didn't find their way to at least the Mississippi Delta and over in the Arkansas Delta in 2018 and and into 2019 like they have in years past. Don't know what's going on there. We'll have to have Cleve give us a waterfowl report at some point. But yeah, that's a story coming out of Arkansas right now about the 
the lack of ducks here in the early part of 2019. Big news for Birmingham's Milo's Tea. And hey, if you needed some good tea, they always have good tea. Maybe not the greatest, but it's darn good tea. Well, Milo's is going to open a plant in Oklahoma. It intends to break ground in May on about 20 acres near the Cherokee Industrial Park outside of Tulsa. And the company bought a tract for about $2 million last week and will open up a tea-making plant in Oklahoma. Wow, they are getting big with Milo's Tea. Of course, you can find their stuff in about 45 states now. It's the top-selling refrigerated tea in the entire country. Milo's Famous Sweet Tea. Who knew that they would be up and going and now opening up a new plant in Oklahoma? Way to go, Milo's. We love our tea. By the way, I got a nice pitcher of tea it's not a pitcher it's just a big old cup of tea but it ought to be a pitcher it's so big and this comes to us from taco bell who knew that taco bell had pretty good tea but yeah they have lipton brand tea in taco bell and folks it ain't bad if you need some good tea and there's taco bells on about every corner now hey it's a good option in north carolina a man there recently diagnosed with stage four cancer has won a quarter million dollar lottery prize way to go in North Carolina to Richard Beer of Charlotte. He says he rarely plays the lottery, but he won this $250,000 prize after he'd recently found out he had stage four liver cancer. Is that not a great story? Congratulations, Mr. Beer. And we hope you have a very long life and enjoy that quarter of a meal prize from the North Carolina education lottery. Way to go. There's a good reason to play the lottery right there when you read stories like this. And finally, a Florida couple said I do recently at the Redneck Mud Park and what might be the redneck, the most redneck wedding ever held. Where's Jeff Foxworthy when you, you need him? Jeremy Biddle and Adriel Biddle decided they did not want an ordinary wedding, so they decided to have a ceremony during the Trucks Gone Wild event, again, at the Redneck Mud Park near Tampa. And the ceremony, I'm looking at a photo. He's got overalls on. They got mud all over them. They're actually not a bad looking couple. <laughs> and they had a, a, a red neck. And congratulations and yeehaw to the happy couple. And if you want to go help the couple out as they start their life together and help with their honeymoon, you can go to, go to GoFundMe. They have a page for the Biddles, Jeremy and his wife, Ariel biddle as they had a redneck wedding of all redneck weddings in florida see if you ever thought florida was a little too yankee then you read stories like this and it makes you wonder okay yeah this is pretty darn southern here this is pretty darn redneck coming to us from the sunshine state congratulations to the biddles yeehaw well when we come back we'll have a good old part-time redneck like me jonathan lifehide he's going to join us he's got the acc report and that is up next here as the y'all show continues opportunity doesn't really knock it pops up barges in or runs by at 100 miles an hour That's why Vistaprint is getting you ready to grab it with both hands. Head to vistaprint.com right now and get up to 40% off postcards, invitations, banners, everything you need to market your business. And as a bonus, save up to 50% on every business card we make. So grab this opportunity to get up to 50% on business cards and up to 40% off everything else at vistaprint.com. 
Just use promo code SALE40. That's Vistaprint.com, promo code SALE40. Oh, fresh powder. I'll get the skis. Ugh, I can't. Winter nasal congestion. Is it A, cold, B, sinus pressure, C, allergies? I'm not sure. For all of the above, the answer is D, Allegra D, a maximum strength decongestant plus a powerful non-drowsy antihistamine for 24 hours of relief. Feel better? <sighs> yep. Feel like racing? <laughs> hey, wait. This winter, the answer is Allegra D. Look for Allegra D at the pharmacy counter. Use as directed. Credit products are issued by WebBank. Member FDIC rates and terms vary based on credit history. Amazon is not a sponsor of this promotion. Offer valid for loan products 90 days after today. Other restrictions supply. See website for details. How do I feel? Awesome. Like a huge weight has been lifted off my shoulders. Hundreds of thousands of people are discovering the relief of a fixed-rate debt consolidation loan through Avant. I paid off all my credit cards, and now I just have one easy monthly payment with Avant. And I don't have to worry about the rates going up. Avant offers you access to unsecured debt consolidation loans from $2,000 to $35,000. When I saw Avant was accredited by the Better Business Bureau, I knew that was the company for me. Do you know how good it feels to only worry about one monthly payment? Experience the relief of a debt consolidation loan through Avant. Plus, get a free $50 Amazon gift card after your first payment is made on time. To check your loan options and get this free offer, go to Avant.com and enter code 5252 when applying. Avant.com code 5252. That's Avant.com code 5252. And once again, we are playing the fight song for the Virginia Cavaliers right here on the Y'all Show. Welcome back. It's our ACC Spotlight here on the All Southern Program, and it is called Y'all. And there's a darn good reason we're playing the Who's Fight Song, because they're headed to the Final Four for the first time in 35 years. We'll have much more on Tony Bennett's program in just a second. And here on the Y'all Show with the General, John Rawl, we have... The Admiral of all things ACC, Jonathan Lifei, joining us, sir. And how about those who's? Yeah, the who's uh, the one one the team out of the ACC that managed to uh, get themselves to the Final Four. If you'd ask me, I'd have probably put them the lowest probability of the three. Yeah, we did this last week on the show, Jonathan. Remember where we kind of gave the statistical odds of who would win? The, now they yep. still have, they still haven't won the national championship, so that's what the odds were. were but I think Virginia were they more of like a two percent chance or something like that. Yeah, I believe it was uh, Duke was seventeen, Carolina was like eleven or twelve, and 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 uh, Virginia was like at three, I think, or something like that. Yeah. So yeah, of the three teams, those were the kind of the way it went, and and based on the way they were playing, and with Zion Williamson coming back, I thought Duke Duke would be a shoe in into the Final Four, and they somehow or another managed to find a way to get upset by uh, Michigan State, and then uh, North Carolina got pretty much drilled and hammered by uh, by the uh, Auburn Tigers. Yeah, who knew Auburn was a basketball school? Um, well, when you when you uh, go hire a coach like Bruce Pearl, you too could become a basketball school. <laughs> now, it yeah. takes a couple of years of, of some interesting recruiting and his uh, way with the program, and away you go. 
Well, I mean, to their credit, I mean, Auburn has been in the headlines for the wrong reasons the last year or so. And despite all that, boy, they, I mean, you can't, I guess he's a good basketball coach. I mean, he might be a little, he he might be a little sneaky on how he gets talent, but if he has talent, he's pretty darn good at coaching them. Bruce Pearl, that is. I would agree. He's, he is an excellent recruiter. He's right in the same class with, say, John Calipari. Well, we know that the ACC doesn't have those kind of shenanigans going on, right? Uh, yeah, I wish. Yeah, all right. Let's talk about two guys that were highly recruited to the Duke Blue Devils, Zion Williamson and R.J. Barrett. They have both been named to the AP All-America team. Jonathan, I don't think that's too surprising. It's not, but I think it is noteworthy that when you have two freshmen from one team that are on the All-American team, that that's uh, first-team All-America. That's pretty darn impressive. Yeah. Now, other members of this first team, Tennessee's Grant Williams, Murray State's Ja Morant, and Cassius Winston of Michigan State. By the way, Williamson of Duke and Ja Morant of Murray State are both natives of South Carolina not bad for the Palmetto State, which also features one of the key players for UNC, although they're not Final Four bound. He was also from the Palmetto State. So little old South Carolina, got to give them props. Not doing bad in college basketball and basketball in general. That's right. They did a good job getting three, uh, getting a couple guys like that in, uh, out there. Two out of five in the first team of the AP from the Palmetto State. But again, Dukes, Williamson, and Barrett making this team. Congrats to those guys, although Duke – not headed to the final four. Now, we do have some news from UNC. Jonathan, as freshman Nasir Little has decided to declare for the 2019 NBA draft for going his remaining college eligibility. Do you think Little is big enough for the NBA at this point? Well, I, I think that's a good question because uh, to me it was a little shocking that he did that. He really uh, didn't play all that much this year, no, largely not because of a talent issue, but more because of injuries, um, and just uh, yeah, just couldn't seem to to kind of get get himself kind of squared away where he could play enough. So um, it's really, I think, the jury's out. You know, it'll be interesting to see how he does in his workouts uh, for the NBA. But I'll be you know kind of surprised to see uh, what kind of career he has. But uh, I, I think I think. I think that one was probably a mistake. Uh, you know, normally I'm those guys can go make a few million, but I think he probably could have really uh, done some good good to his draft status by coming back another year. And Mr. Lifeite of CBS Sports Digital and twenty four seven Sports dot com, we just talked about Duke's players Zion Williamson and R.J. Barrett. Do you think both of those guys are NBA bound? Uh, those guys are, are guys that would, yeah, especially William, uh, Zion Williamson, holy cow. But yeah, I think both of them are, and both of them will cash in and, and they'll be at the top of, near the top of the draft board. Uh, so if I were them, I'd be leaving as quickly as possible to, to, to make hay while the, while the sun's still shining. Well, speaking of the ACC and the upcoming NBA draft, Jonathan, there's one player who is a recruit for NC State named Jalen Lick, and he has submitted paperwork about exploring his eligibility for the 2019 NBA draft. That's according to his father, Derek. What do we know about this talented youngster who, again, is an NC State recruit, but hasn't signed up to play, I guess, because he's still in high school? 
Well, he actually, uh, I believe he actually did graduate uh, last year and then decided to take a year to play in prep school. Ah. Uh, and then, so he technically has graduated, although I think there was some, some issue about his diploma, but he would have graduated, and the NBA requires you to have graduated at least a year before declaring for the draft. So he should be able to do that. Now, you know, the real question is, is he an NBA prospect and if you look at kind of some of the ratings and where he's at I think uh, 247 has him at like the number 76 overall recruit and that's just for the incoming 2019 class so it's not like he was an overwhelming uh, talent you know like say Zion Williamson would have been had he sat out a year yeah. um, so I'm not sure this was a very smart move this is a smart move for him either okay well, let's talk about an ACC player of yesteryear who went on to have a great career in the NBA, Jerry Stackhouse. He is in talks with Vanderbilt about possibly becoming the Commodores' next head coach in Nashville. Of course, he played at UNC 20 years ago, 20-plus years ago, and ended up playing in the NBA for 18 seasons, retiring in 2013. And he's kind of been in the development league for a, for a while he was an assistant coach this year for the Memphis Grizzlies of the NBA. And Jonathan is a former UNC star headed to Nashville, in your opinion? Well, I think there's a pretty good chance at it. Um, you also um, neglected to mention that he, he actually had his own AAU team. So he has done uh, what I'll call coaching at a, kind of the lower level um, as well. So he's doing that. Um, also, uh, I believe uh, Turner, the athletic director there at uh, at Vanderbilt, was the former head of the development league uh, for the for the NBA. So there is probably a relationship there, and that's a lot of times why you'll see a player that will you know end up with a particular job, or excuse me, a coach will end up with a particular job. It's because of the relationships they have. So okay. it wouldn't surprise me. It would be kind of a, I think, a bit of a stretch um, given his track record. Um, you know, in, in terms of not having coached at really any kind of college level, but he does have at least have some background doing development work at both the AAU level and also the D League for the for the NBA. And Jonathan, I know we've got to go back in the archives, but I know you're a smart guy here. But when Stackhouse played for UNC in the mid 1990s, was that the time that they were really really bad? Or did they win a championship at all in that time period? I believe, actually, they did win a championship when he was there. I think, okay. uh, I believe that, uh, who was the guy that succeeded uh, uh, Dean Smith? I'm, I'm drawing a blank on him. Yeah. The career assistant uh, guy that was there. I believe they won one uh, when he was there. So, okay. I think he has one. Uh, they they went I, from him to sure. Matt, whatever his name is, was the head Matt coach. Doherty, Matt Doherty was the one that didn't do so well. Yeah. And UNC was a kind of an embarrassment there for a number of years in basketball, at least. And right now they're right back where they want to be, except they're not going to the Final Four this year. But Jerry Stackhouse, more to come on this developing story, perhaps a head basketball coach in the SEC. Jonathan, I know you are a lot younger than me, but it is a little weird to see these guys that you watched as a youngster or in your younger years now becoming head coaches, these stars. You got Patrick Ewing coaching at Georgetown, Chris Mullins at St. John's, Penny Hardaway's at Memphis. Uh, am I just that old? 
Yes, you are. Okay, thanks. All right. Uh, <laughs> thanks for the encouragement here. Let's talk about the Final Four, Mr. Lifehite. Those Virginia Cavaliers, the only number one seed that are still playing college basketball. They face off against Auburn. That's a 609 tip Saturday on CBS. Number one, Auburn, uh, number one Virginia, number five seed, Auburn Plainsman Tigers. The late game, Michigan State and Texas Tech. Winners go on to play in the national championship game. Jonathan, how do you see the Who's faring in this championship weekend? Well, I think they've got a as good a, a good a shot as anybody. Um, I think right now the team to watch for though is going to be Auburn. They're uh, they're playing extremely well. They they beat they beat Kentucky, Kansas, and UNC to get to the Final Four, um, and that's about as three of the bluest bloods that you can get in terms of college basketball basketball history uh so they've they were really 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 hot so it's going to be in a real interesting if the who's can get by by auburn um i give them a pretty good shot at uh, being able to win the whole thing all right well we'll be right here next week to talk about it all on the y'all show now though some women's college basketball news and we were just talking about the men's program in chapel hill well UNC announced Monday that its women's basketball coaching staff is being placed on paid leave while the program is reviewed due to, quote, issues raised by student athletes and others. Mr. ACC Insider, what's going on with the UNC women's program? Well, it actually sounds pretty much like a repeat of uh, what happened at Georgia Tech, um, where the where some of the uh, student athletes went to the legal department and raised issues about abuse and whatnot. Uh, there seems to be some, at least, rumblings of similar types of things. You know, when I hear the word culture and and uh, and that type of stuff bannered about, it makes me makes me think that the that there's uh, some some issues going on there as well. Uh, now the Real interesting part is, is the head coach there. I believe she's got uh, over a thousand wins in her career and uh, a number of conference championships and maybe even a national championship or two as well. So she's had quite a track record. So this is going to be quite a shocking development if uh, if it goes that way. Well, no change in head coach yet in Chapel Hill. However, Georgia Tech, as we reported, did make a change in Michelle Joseph. Any update on that front from Atlanta, Jonathan? No, they, they haven't hired anybody. I would expect they'll they'll probably uh, do some pretty good due diligence and uh, and uh, before they hire somebody. So uh, I haven't heard of anything imminent at this point. We'll kind of see what goes on, though. Well, Jonathan, there's only one ACC team from the women's side heading to the Final Four, just like Virginia has the lone representative from the conference heading to the men's tournament to the championship weekend. Notre Dame, the defending national champ, will be playing UConn in the women's national championships Final Four, and that's taking place in Tampa Bay. And the Notre Dame-UConn game is Friday evening, and that'll be a 9 Eastern, 8 Central tip on ESPN2. The other two teams in the women's Final Four, Oregon and Baylor. And Notre Dame has, without a doubt, the best-named head coach in all of women's college basketball, Muffin. <laughs> you know, I actually had a had a person that I know from college who's who also had the name Muffin. <laughs> well, I don't know how one gets the name Muffin perhaps at birth, but Muffin's a darn good basketball coach and boy, what a what a great final four. You got the Baylor Bears, a number 1 seed, Yukon, which is a dynasty. They actually were a number 2 seed entering the tournament. And I know they beat uh, maybe South Carolina to knock them out or somebody like that. But UConn's in there, Oregon's in there, and again, Notre Dame from the ACC all in the women's 
final four. Congratulations to the Irish. We'll take a break with Jonathan when we come back. Hey, I want to get his take on the demise of the Alliance of American Football and how that's affecting ACC players of yesteryear. All that is coming up. Plus, we've got more football news and notes and including we'll get a report on the sudden death last week of Brandon Adams. We may know a little bit more about his passage at the age of 21 as he was a star for the Ramblin' Wreck of Georgia Tech. All that coming up as we wrap up this hour of Y'all Talk with a Southern Accent. And caller number nine for $1 million. Rita, complete this quote. Life is like a box of... Oh, I know this one. Chocolates. Uh, you're cutting out, Rita. We need your answer. Uh, oh my goodness. Life is like a box of chocolates. Oh, sorry. That's not what we were looking for. On to caller number 10. Oh, Bad network got you glitched out of luck? Switch to Boost Mobile's super reliable, super fast nationwide network and get four lines, each with unlimited gigs, for just $100 a month. Plus, get four free phones. Boost makes it easy to switch. Switching makes it easy to save. Offer ends 4 First line is $100 a month. Lines 2 to 4 free. Requires one line to port in. Video stream set up to 480p+. Music it up to 500 gigabits per second. Gaming it up to 2 megabits per second. Data deprioritization during congestion. Free phones require port in. Coverage and offers not available everywhere. Restricting supply. See dealer for details. Prescription products require an online physician consultation and are only available if the physician determines a prescription is appropriate. See website for full details. Hey guys, good news. The outrageously expensive little blue pill is now generic, which means you can get the prescription medication to treat ED at affordable prices. And Hems makes it extra affordable. Right now, get your first month supply for free. All you pay is just $5 for your medical consultation when you go to 4hems.com slash play. After that, it's just 30 bucks for a month's supply. Sure beats paying big bucks for just one blue pill, doesn't it? Plus, you won't need an awkward in-person doctor's appointment to get the prescription. Hims has doctors online who can prescribe the medication, and a pharmacy sends it right to your door. It's affordable, private, and incredibly easy. Nobody likes dealing with ED. Now, thanks to Hims, nobody has to. And that's really good news. To get your first order for just five bucks, you need to go to this exclusive address, 4hems.com slash play. That's 4hems.com slash play for your first month for just five bucks. 4hems.com slash play. Welcome back. It's y'all as we discuss all things ACC each Wednesday here. I'm John Rawl. I'm joined by Atlantic Coast Conference go-to guy, Jonathan Leifite of CBS Sports Digital and 247sports.com. Jonathan, I love football. You love football. We all love football, y'all. And I know it wasn't the NFL, but boy, it's been a nice change of pace these last six weeks or so with the emergence of the Alliance of American Football. But after just eight weeks, this program and this, this whole idea evidently has died a unexpected but sudden death, in my opinion, as I thought they'd at least get through the season. And it's now shut down, and I hate it. I actually went to an Alliance football game this past weekend, the Memphis Express and Johnny Manziel and the Orlando Apollos and Steve Spurrier. And I had a good time. It was good football but it appears that it has died. And, Jonathan, I hate this because there were some great ACC players 
that were getting a second chance at football because of this league. Yeah, there was a number of them that were doing that. I believe most of them were pay, were going to be paid. I think it was about seventy or eighty thousand dollars. So it's not like they were making uh, you know huge bank, but man, it was nice living to you know to play football for a season. So uh, they were doing all right. I guess the the question will be: Will uh, uh, Vince McMahon of uh, WWE uh, fame, with his XFL, will he be able to revive some of those uh, those same players and give them a place to play? So I believe that's supposed to be coming in a year or so. So, but yeah, I agree. It was uh, it was not good to see that kind of go, and and a lot of you know kind of gave some guys a chance. They were hoping. Uh, I think a lot of them were hoping to get you know keep playing football and maybe get use some success in that league in order to parlay themselves into a, an, an NFL job, but uh, doesn't look like it's going to be the case now. Well, it wasn't even a full-time job. Remember, this was a league that only played eight week, uh, rather ten weeks of the regular season, plus if you got lucky to go to the playoffs, that was an extra two weeks. They practiced for one month heading into the season, so what is that, about four months a year that was yep. a commitment to it, and for seventy to 80000 bucks, that's not a bad deal all on its own, and most of these folks were looking to get a second look perhaps going to the nfl but a lot of them just love football i mean i actually went down to the very last row this past saturday at liberty bowl stadium in memphis and i was right behind the orlando apollo's bench man and those guys were fired up they had a they were having a great they actually came from behind and won that game and it was just awesome football to be honest with you and again I know they may not get rich in that particular league, but if you love football, as I do as a spectator, and you know if you play the game, you must love football, those folks enjoyed the game, and they had a chance to, to keep playing, and I hate that. I hate that for any other future league that might try to start up in the spring, because I do think there is a role that that league had that needs to be filled by somebody and I hate it. I saw, remember, Jonathan, Justin Thomas of Georgia Tech. He actually had been a receiver, not quarterback, for the Atlanta Legends. So I don't know if you yep. got a chance to see him play. I know he had a fumble in his last game. That wasn't too good. <laughs> yeah, I didn't get the chance to see him play, but uh, nonetheless, it was good. And I believe there was a couple other guys. Uh, Stephen Hill from Georgia Tech also was playing. And really, I mean, the way they kind of structured that, you'll have, uh, you know, kind of regional guys for each team and, and uh and going from going from there yeah i remember the other day watching aaron murray former georgia bulldog quarterback make a completion to justin thomas former georgia tech quarterback and it it was kind of interesting i enjoyed it jonathan i know you may hate that connection but i thought it was pretty cool well it's okay i mean it's pro football so as long as they're (laughs) as long as they're not trying to you know convert each any of our players to pull for that other team i, yeah, think I thought you were going to say the pass only actually was a completion because of the great reception by georgia tech's former player I, I well we could say that jonathan <laughs> we know a little bit more about the sudden passing of brandon adams from georgia tech he was a great defensive playmaker what do we know about what's coming out from the autopsy and more <laughs> Uh, so uh, i think what they've done is they've revealed what happened is um uh, brandon was doing kind of a i guess they were doing some stepping at a at a at a, a fraternity that he was uh, uh potentially going to be a member of um and something happened i guess um not really sure but he he fell um or passed out and then hit his head uh went into convulsions and then that's when the ambulance was called and then ultimately he uh, he passed away so um either he fell and hit his head and that's what caused the issue or 
he passed out and fell and then hit his head. In any case, uh, the blow to his head was 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 the the blow that uh, more or less uh, more or less killed him, uh, and it's just very unfortunate. Yeah, terrible thing there again. The loss of a such a young young man and a great football talent from Brentwood, Tennessee, was a star there in Williamson County and just south of Nashville. And Brandon Adams, we still salute his great life and and sad news there still coming from the Georgia Tech football program. Which, by the way, is Tech now practicing for spring football? They are practicing right now. They have uh, actually entered the uh, second week. Okay. All right. I know that's got to be tough to get back out there after such a key player has passed away way too soon. Jonathan, this story comes from Athens, which I know is one of your favorite towns on the planet. But the reason I'm telling you about it here on today's Y'all Show in our ACC Spotlight is the dogs are going to be scheduling some future home and home series, not with some random teams out there, they are having series scheduled with the Florida State Seminoles and the Clemson Tigers. So give give UGA a little cred. Do I have to? No, you don't. You don't have to. I'll give Clemson and Florida State credit. Okay. How's that? All right. That, that's, more, that's more like it. Now, you're going to have to wait a few years for these series. The Dogs and the Knolls will open the 2027 season in Tallahassee on september 4th and then florida state will travel to athens on september 16th of 2028 so jonathan go ahead and give me your early predictions for those games uh florida state florida state florida state (laughs) (laughs) all right now clemson's going to be on georgia's schedule and that's an old rivalry a great series that unfortunately because of all the conference games they don't play all that often but georgia and the defending national champ clemson they're going to get on the field and play each other in 30 32 and 30 33 and jonathan life your early prediction for those games well i of course hold that tiger <laughs> all right so it's going to be a while but georgia that team from the clark county area of georgia playing a couple of acc powers well we hope they're still powers in 10 15 years florida state and clemson jonathan as we conclude our time with you here this hour let's look at a little acc baseball as we're moving into about mm, almost halfway through the season of conference play this weekend the series include pittsburgh and duke virginia tech and wake forest get on the baseball diamond and face off this weekend florida state and miami have the battle of the sunshine state this weekend in college baseball Virginia and Notre Dame face off. The North Carolina Tar Heels go to Georgia Tech to take on Danny Hall's Yellow Jackets. The number three ranked NC State Wolfpack are going to go to Beantown and face the Boston College Eagles and a top 25 matchup in Clemson at Doug Keatonsport Stadium as Dan McDonald's Louisville Cardinals, ranked number 10 in the country, will be taking on the Clemson CU in the Valley Tigers. Jonathan, thoughts on any of those ACC baseball contests this weekend? Yeah, I'll be uh, uh I'm going to be real interested to see. I think that Clemson Louisville uh series there in uh up at uh in Clemson is going to be real interesting to see. Um and then in a surprise, Georgia Tech has actually taken the uh taken the lead uh going on the coastal side. So, they have a big series against North Carolina. If they can uh if they can kind of uh, take if they can win that series, I think they'll they'll put a put their mark in in, uh, in terms of getting to a regional this year, which is something they haven't done in a while. So uh, the rest of the, the series, NC State, surprising how high they've moved up in the polls. 
um, they should be able to, to take handle Boston College, um, but they're sitting up there at number three right now. I'm, I'm real impressed with what they've been able to do. Well, the ACC, the season continues on, and they're working their way to Durham, where the Durham Bulls Athletic Park will once again host the ACC Baseball Tournament May 21st through the 26th this year. So we still got oh, about six weeks or so of baseball to go, but ACC Baseball, one of the best progr- best conferences with some of the best programs in the country. College baseball, got to love it. College basketball is winding down. College baseball, you're on deck. You're set to go. And a little spring football mixed in for good measure, too. Jonathan, thank you, sir. Thank you. You guys have a great rest of your week. All right. Mr. Lifeheight of CBS Sports Digital and 247sports.com. Well, that will conclude our one of this Wednesday, y'all. Hang on. When we come back, we'll have a lot of good stuff. We've got hashtag hullabaloo coming your way. Plus, we'll have a report direct from Music Row in Nashville from our friend Precious Harris. That's all ahead on y'all. Credit products are issued by WebBank. Member FDIC rates and terms vary based on credit history. Amazon is not a sponsor of this promotion. Offer valid for loan products 90 days after today. Other restrictions apply. See website for details. How do I feel? Awesome. Like a huge weight has been lifted off my shoulders. Hundreds of thousands of people are discovering the relief of a fixed-rate debt consolidation loan through Avant. I paid off all my credit cards, and now I just have one easy monthly payment with Avant. And I don't have to worry about the rates going up. Avant offers you access to unsecured debt consolidation loans from $2,000 to $35,000. When I saw Avant was accredited by the Better Business Bureau, I knew that was the company for me. Do you know how good it feels to only worry about one monthly payment? Experience the relief of a debt consolidation loan through Avant. Plus, get a free $50 Amazon gift card after your first payment is made on time. To check your loan options and get this free offer, go to Avant.com and enter code 5252 when applying. Avant.com code 5252. That's Avant.com code 5252. Oh, fresh powder. I'll get the skis. Ugh, I can't. Winter nasal congestion. Is it A, cold, B, sinus pressure, C, allergies? I'm not sure. For all of the above, the answer is D, Allegra D, a maximum strength decongestant plus a powerful non-drowsy antihistamine for 24 hours of relief. Feel better? <sighs> yep. Feel like racing? <laughs> hey, wait. This winter, the answer is Allegra D. Look for Allegra D at the pharmacy counter. Use as directed. We are back. It's y'all. Talk with a southern accent as we continue on this Wednesday edition. So glad you could take a little time to listen to our all-southern show with John Rawl. Our website is y'all.com. Our number is 803-816-1170. We want to hear from you. If you've got something southern you want to tell us about, maybe an upcoming festival or maybe a good place we, we need to know about, just call us, Texas. We either phone or text. Same number, 803-816-1170. So easy for you to connect to us here on great stations and all kinds of cool social media platforms from the y'all.com homepage to y'all.com on Facebook. You can find our show link there and like us on Facebook, y'all.com. Just making it so, so easy for you here. Now, coming up in a few minutes on y'all, we'll be joined 
we hope by precious harris where our people are trying to get in touch with her people right now we will have country music news coming your way precious or no precious so stick around for that in just a few minutes but right now on y'all it's hashtag hullabaloo time this is where we go on social media or sometimes social media comes to us and that's what we like we like for it to just show up magically so we can relay it on to all y'all hashtag hullabaloo well it doesn't get much bigger than this tweet from one of the biggest companies and one of the most well-known brands in the history of brands coca-cola is on twitter at coca-cola yeah the coca-cola and they have a tweet out says when all your delicious dreams come true hashtag orange vanilla hashtag zero sugar and yes there's now a zero option for this new drink orange vanilla now you got to admit if you're a casual southerner or diehard southerner like i am there's been no escaping coca-cola's marketing of orange vanilla from commercials on tv to boy they have spent a fortune on billboards all over the south promoting orange vanilla coke and have you had it yet i would be real interested to find out how well this stuff's actually selling i just read an hour one about milo's becoming the largest tea maker across the south you would think at some point coca-cola would try to maybe buy out milo's maybe they maybe they have secretly because there's a huge market for tea and milo's has evidently got the corner on it right now and you'd think a giant like coca-cola would want a piece of that action but they have their own tea brands but they're not milo's and they're not Publix tea as i've told y'all before but coca-cola is going full throttle with orange vanilla and now with the zero sugar option for orange vanilla coke great marketing like i said i have traveled in the last two weeks to about seven of our southern states and there wasn't a single state that i went into that i did not see big time promotion of orange vanilla coke and a pretty novel concept pretty novel coca-cola way to go they're still i guess from a marketing standpoint trying to get past the classic coke stuff of the mid 1980s when they had the new coke come out and uh, i don't know if that was really a tactic that was all fake news or not but it it seemed to work and and coca-cola now with their latest creation orange vanilla coke and hey coke if you're listening how about giving us a little sponsorship on this show we don't need to see any more billboards for coke we need to see and hear all about the orange vanilla coke on y'all for some paying advertisement is that okay if we say that is that is that getting a little too low on the y'all show how low can you go orange vanilla coke see i'm giving them free promotion right now i need to try me one of these in the zero sugar option it probably would be pretty good pretty good i i actually like when i go to wendy's or even moe's they have those coca-cola things that have like 100 plus choices I like the cherry vanilla option of Coca-Cola, and I get the zero sugar option. That's me. What do y'all get? What I wonder what some of the more popular choices are with those machines that give you more than 100 options. I know kids, it seems that Sprite is the number one soft drink for kids. And I know with my little one, and I see every time I go to a 
Moe's. Welcome to Moe's. Or I go to Wendy's. They don't say anything funny when you come into Wendy's. Or any of these places with those machines that have 100 plus options. I, I watch those kids and I see Sprite often come back in their cup. So, hey, Sprite. They, they've done a good job marketing Sprite. And really, how many times do you actually see Sprite commercials? Believe it or not, that's a, a drink that they don't even have to market that much. And I think it does quite well all on its own. I guess Coca-Cola's got so much extra money from not having to market Sprite, they're putting it to use on marketing orange vanilla Coke. Hey, sounds like a good deal to me. Hey, here is something to kind of give you a heads up on. And hopefully for most of you in the South, this will not be an issue here in a couple of months but many of you remember back to 1988 perhaps you remember a couple years ago there was some signs of this but it's not a sign that you see it's a sign that you hear and this is a tweet that we come it comes from heck off northy at scs man 15 south carolina born and raised Y'all back off my slang is what heck off Northy writes on Twitter. So I like the profile. I really, really do. Here's what heck off Northy wrote. The South Carolinian born and raised, which I can relate. That's me. Also, this is not my Twitter account. I was Palmetto State born and reared. My parents and family have been there since the mid 1700s. I got my Carolina credentials down, folks. But I have departed South Carolina, but still, it's my number one state. I think everybody needs to have their number one state. If the if you had another war between the states, and this time it might be like southern states fighting other states in the south, and I would still have to pick up my arms and, and go for South Carolina at this point. Although, there's some other states that are very near and dear to me, and I don't live in South Carolina now, but it's still numero uno. Although I haven't lived there in a couple of decades, it, it's my folks, y'all. It's my people. And I love my Santa lappers. But heck's off, Northy. This is what you wrote out there. And I don't know what the big deal is because I grew up in South Carolina, evidently like you did. And the word cicada is something I had never heard of until I moved to Middle Tennessee. And heck's off, Northy writes on Twitter, cicadas make it hotter. Change my mind. Now, I'm not going to win an award for grammar there i don't know what part of south carolina you got your education there hex off northy but uh, you're kind of leaving a blank there but it got me to do a little research here on the y'all show and what i found was that we have had several what's called broods of cicadas in the south and there is a, a something called a brood chart which features the names of the broods their life cycle length when they will emerge next, and which states they'll emerge in. And I found that there's a brood named 19, 19 brood of cicadas. Hey, we're getting very scientific on today's y'all show. Hope you enjoy. But this was a, a famous brood, in my opinion, because I lived through it. And again, I had never been around cicadas until 1998. In 1998, brood 19 emerged from the ground and it affected the following southern states big time southern states it affected alabama arkansas georgia kentucky louisiana missouri mississippi north carolina oklahoma south carolina 
Tennessee, and Virginia. Everybody in the South minus Texas, Florida, and West Virginia and Maryland. Other than that, you all felt the effects of brood 19 of cicadas. This happened, according to the way this thing happens every 13 years, it happened in recent times in 1972, 1985, 1998, 2011, and it's scheduled to happen again in 2024. Now, there may be other broods in your section of the South, but I will tell you that I lived in Middle Tennessee in 1998, but I often was in Alabama, and I remember people in both states talking about that brood and its effect, and so that may bring back a memory. I'll never forget, that thing was so loud, the cicadas of 1998, and perhaps they were just as loud in 2011. I don't remember that because I honestly don't remember them being I don't remember that brood being quite as vocal then. And maybe I just wasn't in a a cicada country at that point. It sounded like you had a whole crew of people outside weed eating. That's the sound it reminded me of. Maybe you have your own take on how cicadas sounded back in 98, perhaps in 2011. This is from Brood 19. You better watch out for Brood 19, y'all. And again, it's coming next in 2024 and so we you better enjoy the next five years of quiet because when this thing re-emerges these cicadas at least from brood 19 it ain't gonna be a lot of fun it actually is great for florida tourism i told you brood 19 evidently isn't affecting the sunshine state so come 2024 everybody in all these states i just rattled off are gonna say enough of this craziness outside I'm going to Florida and I don't blame them because it, it was, it was darn loud. It was darn loud, but hey, it was memorable. I'm the living proof of that. Crow Cower on Twitter at C-R-O-W-C-A-W-E-R and the profile for Crow Cower, construction ecologist, data manager, chemist, hip hop MC, a Nashvilleian with a BS in conservation biology. How about that? And Crow Cower put on Twitter the following message as well as a picture. The the message said, they look better on the plate. And the photo was of pickles, cut up pickles, some, some sweet corn, and fish sticks. All right, now, I don't think of this as a southern meal, but it, it got me to thinking, okay, well, maybe that's just me being stupid. Maybe I need to give fish sticks a, a closer look. So I did. And first off, fish sticks originated from across the pond. No surprise, probably to many of you, that jolly old UK would come up with fish sticks. But over there, over there, over there, they're called fish fingers. And they were first referenced in a recipe given in a popular British magazine in the year 1900. And the dish is often considered symbolic of the United Kingdom. God save the king and queen and God save fish fingers. And so uh, in America, the the birth of fish fingers here in this country can be traced to 1953 when Gordon Pugh Fisheries, now known as Gordon's, was the first company to introduce a frozen ready to cook fish finger named Gordon's Fish Sticks. And it won the 
Parents Magazine Seal of Approval in 1956. Way to go, Gortons. That was a long time ago. And it all originated because there was an abundance of herring in the UK after World War II. And a guy named Clarence Birdseye test marketed herring fish fingers, a product he had discovered in the United States under the name Herring Savories. And these were tested in Southampton and South Wales over in the UK as cool cod, cod sticks, rather. And you probably know that name, Birdseye, which went on to be a big maker of frozen foods. But how about that? Some fish finger talk here on this Wednesday, y'all. And no, they're not Southern, but I would like to see somebody and maybe they exist, but I don't know of anybody that makes catfish sticks or should I call them catfish fingers? Good Lord. Even Burger King has chicken fingers or chicken fries, I guess is what they market them as. So how about some good old Southern catfish fingers out there? That would be a whole new phenomenon for kids. Kids are so obsessed with chicken fingers and chicken nuggets. We got to give catfish more love. We got to get our folks in the black belt of alabama and the delta of mississippi that grow catfish and tennessee's got a few too we got to get those catfish farmers just having the demand for catfish be so great no more imports from vietnam or wherever some of these offshoot fish types come from especially hey it's lent season so a lot of people eat fish on friday so how about catfish fingers for friday lunch how's that sound I think it sounds like a great idea. Kristen Thompson's on Twitter and her profile. KM Thompson says, popping it, locking it, dropping it. All right. And Kristen wrote on Twitter this week, defers Detroit travel to spring, discovers it's still freezing. Hashtag Southern. So evidently Kristen put off a trip to Motown until about this time. And, and it, it's still freezing up there, but I guess I just told you in hour one on Tuesday in Charlotte, North Carolina, not Charlotte, Michigan, but Charlotte, North Carolina, it was snowing, not a lot, a tenth of an inch, but it snowed yesterday in North and South Carolina. Well, what's up with that? Global warming? Yeah. Griston Thompson. Yeah. It's cold in Detroit. Okay. No surprise. It's still early. It's April. But I did look it up. Last night's low in Motown was 37 degrees. So all you Yankees who have escaped Detroit and Ohio and have come south, hey, would you rather have 37 when you go out to walk the dog or would you rather have like 50 and 60, which most of you have in most of the south right now. But in the south, unlike Detroit, it's going to be like 90 degrees tomorrow. Then it'll be like 30 degrees next week. So just saying, you got to have a complete wardrobe when you live in most of the south because it's going to be cold and hot, especially this time of year. Elizabeth Bass on Twitter at Plain Jane Bass. That's P-L-A-Y-N-E-J-A-Y-N-E Bass. Self-proclaimed world's best dancer. Well, don't hold back, Elizabeth. I love the enthusiasm. I love the the correct the credentials you bring here as the world's best dancer. I wonder if she's a polka dancer or maybe she's like me, a clogger. Ah, love me some clogging. Here's what Elizabeth wrote on Twitter in Dutch class, not German, Dutch. I guess you could actually learn Dutch in school these days. That's pretty cool for all of our folks in the Netherlands or down in the Caribbean that are in some of those islands that speak Dutch. In Dutch class, we were asked for a language exercise to give our age, height and weight to the class. I raised my hand and said, ma'am, 
I am too Southern for this activity. <laughs> now, that's not very Dutch of you, Elizabeth. Or should I say, I know in German it would be Fräulein, Fräulein Bass. Uh, probably something similar to that in, in Dutch. And, and again, they speak Dutch also in Belgium. Let's not forget our Belgian friends. In Belgium, they actually speak Flemish, uh, Dutch, French, and even in the eastern side of Belgium, they actually it's recognized they speak German there. So how about your Belgian language knowledge coming to you on this Wednesday, y'all? See, all for the price of one on y'all. But Elizabeth, yeah, you're too Southern for that activity, and we understand. And you wrote hashtag Kentucky, hashtag Southern girl. Way to go. Well, Elizabeth, I guess she's been goofing off in Dutch class because I found another tweet that I have to share with you here from Miss Elizabeth Bass, a.k.a. at Plain Jane Bass on Twitter. She wrote, Sun's out equals sweet tea in my mason jar. Hashtag Kentucky. So they like their sweet tea in a mason jar, evidently at Elizabeth Bass's place there in the bluegrass of Kentucky. And the sun's out. That's a lot. That's that's great. I hope you enjoy the sweet tea and speak a little Dutch when you're at it. Miss Fien is on Twitter at Caffeine, F-I-E-N, is the Twitter handle. With the profile, I spend way too much time on wrestling tats that's i guess short for tattoos and music i make coffee just to survive from miss fiend oh yeah again the hashtag the, the, the rather the handle is at caffeine fiend f-i-e-n they love them some caffeine and some coffee miss fiend and miss fiend ms fiend writes whoever said people in the south were nicer must have only visited the south but never lived here. Hashtag Southern. Uh, I don't know if you're having a, a little maybe overreaction to your caffeine, Miss Fiend. I don't know exactly what what you're what you're getting at here. So I'll I'll just leave that one there. But let me read it again. Maybe y'all are smarter than me here on this Wednesday. Miss Fiend put on Twitter: Whoever said people in the South were nicer must have only visited the South, but never lived here. Are, are you trying, are you insinuating that we got some not so nice people down here? These fine people of the South? No. Yeah. We got some bad ones. We got some bad Southerners. I call them honorary Yankees, frankly, Miss Fiend. Red Fox Inn and Tavern is on Twitter at Red Fox Inn Tavern. Romantic accommodations, intimate dining, and unique weddings and parties in Middleburg, Virginia. And they put a tweet out this week with a photo of shrimp and grits. And they write, shrimp and grits, a delicious appetizer. Come to the tavern for dinner and try our takeout on this Southern classic. And that from the Red Fox Inn and Tavern, again, in Middleburg, Virginia. Now, where is Middleburg? Have you brushed up on your Virginia map lately? Middleburg is about an hour and a half away from D.C. toward Winchester. It's about eh, 20, 30 miles from Winchester, Virginia, kind of in that northern Virginia area sandwiched more toward West Virginia is where this is. It's about an hour and a half ride into the nation's capital from Middleburg. But it looks like a wonderful tavern there, the Red Fox Inn and Tavern, and they serve shrimp and grits there. And boy, Shrimp and grits are one of the greatest inventions we've ever seen in this part of the country. Now to some fun gifs before we get out of here and bring on Precious. Here is a great picture of a beautiful southern creek. It's a nice creek flowing. 
and it's got a, a heading above the picture of the creek that says, The Original PlayStation, The Creek. <laughs> yeah, I remember, I mean, I've got a little one. You probably have little ones. Do you want your kid playing in a creek? Are we? I don't think so. I, I think most of us are absolutely scared of what's in a creek, even in April. I mean, what, what, what could possibly be there to, to bite your youngster? Or even you, if you like playing in a creek. But I remember as a kid... I would go walking through creeks all the time. I think snakes have it easy these days. They got too many wimp parents like me who don't want their kids going out in the woods and going through the original PlayStation, also known as the creek, because we're afraid something's going to happen. I don't know of one kid when I was a, when I was growing up who went out in the woods like I did. I lived in the woods playing army and killing Germans and Japanese and killing Yankees when I pretended I was playing in the Civil War. I don't know of one kid who broke their leg or got bit by a snake or a wolf bit them. And I think we turned out okay. I think y'all can be the judge on me, and maybe you were in the woods too. I mean, we got hunters that go out in the woods all the time, and they, they traipse across creeks. But the original PlayStation, the creek, love, love that gif right there on the y'all show and finally here's a funny one that i found on facebook it's a big bright red gif with the words i'm old enough to remember when mentally ill people were put in hospitals not congress (laughs) let me read that one again sorry for all you representatives on capitol hill in washington dc This says, I'm old enough to remember when mentally ill people were put in hospitals, not Congress. Ooh, that one stings. Stings, but funny there. And that, your hashtag hullaloo on this Wednesday. Some dang good stuff there. Hope you enjoyed it. When we come back, Precious Harris is lined up, and she's coming to us direct from Nashville Music City, USA, with a great report on all kinds of good stuff. I'm going to ask her about Loretta Lynn. They had a special event for her in Music City this week. Alan Jackson played, and Loretta came up and talked to AJ. I want to find out what Precious knows about that, and much, much more from Music Row, our country music spotlight with Precious Harris, author of College of Songology. That's ahead on y'all. Opportunity doesn't really knock. It pops up, barges in, or runs by at 100 miles an hour. That's why Vistaprint is getting you ready to grab it with both hands. Head to Vistaprint.com right now and get up to 40% off postcards, invitations, banners, everything you need to market your business. And as a bonus, save up to 50% on every business card we make. So grab this opportunity to get up to 50% on business cards and up to 40% off everything else at Vistaprint.com. Just use promo code SALE40. That's Vistaprint.com, promo code SALE40. Oh, fresh powder. I'll get the skis. Ugh, I can't. Winter nasal congestion. Is it A, cold, B, sinus pressure, C, allergies? I'm not sure. For all of the above, the answer is D, Allegra D, a maximum strength decongestant plus a powerful non-drowsy antihistamine for 24 hours of relief. Feel better? (sighs) Yep. Feel like racing? (laughs) Hey, wait. This winter, the answer is Allegra D. Look for Allegra D at the pharmacy counter. Use as directed. Credit products are issued by WebBank. Member FDIC rates and terms vary based on credit history. Amazon is not a sponsor of this promotion. Offer valid for loan products 90 days after today. Other restrictions apply. See website for details. How do I feel? Awesome. 
like a huge weight has been lifted off my shoulders. Hundreds of thousands of people are discovering the relief of a fixed-rate debt consolidation loan through Avant. I paid off all my credit cards, and now I just have one easy monthly payment with Avant. And I don't have to worry about the rates going up. Avant offers you access to unsecured debt consolidation loans from $2,000 to $35,000. When I saw Avant was accredited by the Better Business Bureau, I knew that was the company for me. Do you know how good it feels to only worry about one monthly payment? Experience the relief of a debt consolidation loan through Avant. Plus, get a free $50 Amazon gift card after your first payment is made on time. To check your loan options and get this free offer, go to Avant.com and enter code 5252 when applying. Avant.com code 5252. That's Avant.com code 5252. A classic there on y'all talk with a southern accent. This is the Country Music Spotlight. I'm John Rawl. I'm now joined from Music Row in Nashville, Tennessee by Precious Harris, author of College of Songology and the Nashville Music Line. And that song was number one for Conway Twitty and Loretta Lynn in 1971, this exact week. That song there, After the Fire is Gone. And how about that? Some good Conway and Loretta music here, Miss Precious Harris. I love two of my favorite classic country singers. Well, Precious, Loretta is still singing and still doing good. I saw the photo from this week where she was at a, I guess, a tribute for her in Nashville. What do you know about that? Well, everybody and their mother was there. Uh, I actually sent the other reporter for our magazine to cover it. I just had a, a lot going on. I've got a couple of record label meetings. At the time I got out of the label meeting, it was 7 o'clock. So. But I heard that uh, they've been working on this for almost a year and a half. So, um, you know, and heard, I think everybody got like one song or two songs. They didn't get very, you know, it wasn't like everybody did a whole big set and stuff. But literally everybody that was available in town that could do it did it. So I'm very, very um, – you know, I just can't believe she was born on April Fool's Day. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, Monday night was like the party of the century. I, everybody was sending me pictures. Wish you were here. Wish you were here. Wish you were here. I said, I know, I know, I know. Yeah. Well, you, you, but it was a blast. Even though we think you can do everything, Precious, I, I guess you really can't. But, boy, you do a lot. And the, the photo I saw was of Loretta coming up to, I guess, sing along with Alan Jackson, who participated in this tribute to Loretta Lynn. So that was a neat thing. Oh, yeah. And, of course, I love Alan being his intern many, many years ago. Yeah. I love Alan, too. A, I love Alan. I, love I wasn't Alan. even his intern. <laughs> I know. But yeah, uh, he, I, I met him and Denise the first year I was in town, actually. Yeah, I know. I know. So it's good stuff there with Loretta Lynn, who, again, had a birthday this week. And just so so great to see her out in public. Remember, she had some real health scares at the end of last year into this year. And the coal miner's daughter, very active still, and, and that's a great thing. I guess this was a television special that was being taped. Is that what that was? Yes, it's for a, at a later date. they got a bunch of stuff going on, national television specials. Okay. So with Kim Tucker's biography going to be coming out 
um, soon. I think it comes out in September, but it, it's just I'm excited about all the great things coming out of Nashville on film. Well, something that came out of Nashville last week, which was a little bit of the reason why we only had you on part of the show last week, because you were so, uh, let's just say, exhausted from going out late for Tin Pan South. You had the 27th annual Tin Pan South, which was a songwriters festival that was held March 26th through the 30th. Over 400 songwriters performed at this year's Tin Pan South Songwriters Festival. Precious, now that you've had a chance to get a slight breath from that big event, what's your recap? cap of tin pan south well i've actually got a whole um, couple of things but the biggest thing for me like i said is supporting my songwriter that i love and known for years but um it is the only songwriting festival in the world that is all songwriting mm-hmm. you know everybody that's there has is written songs or been you know part of someone else's career as a songwriter but uh the highlight is i got a I call, I got, you know, I call my kids, my kids in my office, but I had a little girl that I met through the cancer doctor who parked my car and I had put her in a writing session about a year ago with another little girl that I work with from Kentucky, Dallas Remington. And they wrote a song called Uncommon Man. And she got to play it at the Bluebird Saturday night in the round with Tony Arata and the rest of the, the guests there, uh, Joel Shoemate. And it was just, I was just so excited for her because she said she had butterflies for two days <laughs> but and then of course ashley gorley which i'm always talking about my kentucky boy and chris Stefano and chase rice had a great show but one of my favorite highlights of the event because i love every i love like i said i have so many friends i can't just say you're my favorite i gotta know but, one of these days precious who you don't like we need to really do a spotlight on who <laughs> you are rivals with i know what i mean there is one person that's a bit of a um a bottom feeder, as they call them, but you know that's about it. Everybody else, I love in town. As long as you're not taking advantage of a songwriter, I'm okay. Ah, but you okay. do that, and you bring the hillbilly out. But yeah. uh, Brent James um, and uh, Wendell Mobley, and uh, and I have a brain fart. Oh, Lee Thomas Miller. Ah, okay. They had the symphony behind them with a beautiful harp. The harp was like six feet tall. They had a harp player, a cello player, and and a piano player. It was just amazing. They did some of their, like, Jesus Take the Wheel with uh-huh. a symphony behind them. Man, that sounded like a lot of fun. Yeah. Again, yeah. that was 10 Pan South. Unfortunately, it's already in the rearview mirror, but make plans to come to Nashville next year for this big-time songwriter festival, and it'll be the 28th annual event in 2020. Now, let's talk about Marty Brown, if you don't mind, Precious. He's got a new album that's set to come out May 27th called American Highway. And this is a guy who was on MCA Records back in the early 1990s. Tony Brown produced his record. He was from that Commonwealth of Kentucky that you often talk about. And he got a lot of attention, but he didn't really have much chart success and kind of faded away other than writing one big hit for, I think, Tracy Bird. He kind of faded off to Franklin, Kentucky, and then lo and behold, his wife tricked him and got him signed up on a show called America's Got Talent, and then he had some success on that reality TV show. I had a chance to interview Marty Brown at this year's Country Radio Seminar, just a complete unique guy, and he's got his first single off the new album called Umbrella Lovers that's out. What can you tell us about Mr. Maceo, Kentucky, Marty Brown? Well, of course, Marty also has got a new song for Jacob Bryan's new record called Pour Whiskey on My Grave as a songwriter. But actually, Marty actually met his wife at my benefit oh, really? in 2002. Yeah. 
uh, I had had a knee replacement go really wrong. And they had to build me a wheelchair ramp. And the waitress at Longhorn was Marty's wife. And they all knew me. You know, we were, they always knew that I always tipped them and drank water before I had a chance to, you know, when I really started making decent money in the music business and interning not so much. But they met there. And um, so the rest is history. I was there when their child was born. But Marty is actually, I mean, he's had other uh, songs cut by Brooks and Dunn and Trace Atkins. But the biggest one is, you know, I'm from the country, and I like it that way. Of course, he wrote it with another Kentucky boy uh, from the Headhunters, Richard Young. But uh, he's probably the most honest, down-to-earth person you want to meet. But he actually co-wrote all 10 songs on his record, which I'm not surprised because he's such – he could sit down and say, okay, write me a song about this, and 45 seconds later, you got a verse. I mean, he's that talented. And, of course, I'm so excited because, I, like I said, I've watched – the, let me tell you a little trivia – in 1991, before he got his deal with MCA, I was up in Owensboro, Kentucky at a little country bar called the Yellow Rose. Uh-huh. And I was judging the country showdown back then. I think it was called True Jimmy Dean's. It was either True Value Showdown or Jimmy Dean's, you know, showdown. And uh, But anyway, Marty was in that talent competition that night, and I picked him to win. Really? Which is crazy because yeah. after he won, we got to talking, and, and I said, you were the most – true to form songwriter and he would just blew me away with his songwriting it's just his raw talent and he probably he told you look lady leave me alone i'm married you know enough with oh, this no, he wasn't married at the time <laughs> <laughs> he's like look lady i know you're trying to you know have a good night with me but i mean just because i'm a country music singer doesn't mean you got to come up and tell me all these nice things right is that what he told uh, you well not really actually i introduced <laughs> him to my fiance <laughs> the bass player of the show which is really funny okay. but i'll never forget but Marty and I made that connection that night when he came to Nashville. We were in India, so we sort of built our friendship up since night, uh, since two thousand. Yeah. No, nineteen. It was yeah. It was like when he first came to town. Yeah. So it was like nineteen ninety two. But it was, the crazy thing is, is that the, um, the one of the people there came up, you know, patrons, and he said, "I work for a record label." And I said, really? And I looked down at his hands, and I could clearly see he didn't work for a record label. And I said, what record label is it? And he goes, BMI. <laughs> ah, which is not a record label. And I said, label. no, no, it's not. But I proceeded to tell him the history of BMI, and he's like, the one girl I tried to pick up, and you know more than I do. And I'm like, yeah, probably. Yeah. But Because uh, Marty was standing right there, and he thought the funniest thing ever was, because he ended up signing with BMI the next year. But uh, like I said, I love Marty. and so glad he's doing good, him and Shelly. Wonderful family. Yep, and I got a chance to meet her at the radio seminar. A classy lady, I believe, at one point, and maybe even today, she's a school teacher. Does that sound right? Yeah, she has, she's getting her master's. She should be getting her, finishing her master's up. I think she took a semester off because Marty got so busy with his deal. Yeah. She co-manages him, and she is a not a momager or a wifeager. She is because she's very much like I said, business-like, because she grew up in the business. Yeah. So she knows when to take the wife hat on, put it on, know when to put the manager hat on. But yeah, but they she actually will hopefully finish up her um, her her uh, her master's in uh, English teaching English hopefully next year when things slow down a little bit for Marty in the winter. All right, again, it's Marty Brown. The album coming out in late May called American Highway, and the new single out now called Umbrella Lovers. I actually heard it the other day, and we wish Marty all the luck. And he is absolutely genuine and a native of the Commonwealth of Kentucky. We will go to a break here on the Y'all Show, but as we leave you, we've got a little trivia question for you. 
who took blue suede shoes to number one on the Billboard Country Singles Chart on this date in 1956. And if you don't know this answer, we need to just export you, not just from the South, but from the entire planet. That answer for that trivia question coming up next. Plus, we'll hear some Luke Combs music when we come back. All that ahead on Y'all. I'll get the skis. Ugh, I can't. Winter nasal congestion. Is it A, cold, B, sinus pressure, C, allergies? I'm not sure. For all of the above, the answer is D, Allegra D, a maximum strength decongestant, plus a powerful non-drowsy antihistamine for 24 hours of relief. Feel better? <sighs> yep. Feel like racing? <laughs> hey, wait. This winter, the answer is Allegra D. Look for Allegra D at the pharmacy counter. Use as directed. Good time since you know when. Got talked into going out with hopes you were staying in. And I was feeling like myself for the first time in a long time. Till I bumped into some of your friends over there talking to mine. Then you rolled in with your hair in the wind, baby, without warning. Doing alright, but just your side had my heart storming. The moon went high and stars quit shining. Rain was driving thunder lightning. You wrecked my whole world when you came and hit me like a hurricane. Back now for the final segment. It's y'all. It's talk with a southern accent. And I'm John Rawl, and I've got my longtime friend and compatriot, Precious Harris, here. It's the Nashville Music Line Report. We report all things country music and more here in this segment of the show each Wednesday. And we got to answer that trivia question, and then we'll get to some knowledge about Luke Combs. You hear some good Luke music playing right now. But the answer to our trivia question that we asked prior to going to the commercial break who took blue suede shoes to number one on the country chart back in 1956? Precious, who would that be? Well, let me tell you a couple of things. The first thing is, you know, it was written by, written by Carl Perkins, and he had the country hit with it. But Elvis is the one who had the rock hit, so it's a dual answer. But it's Carl Perkins who had the country single. Ah, so you did trick me on this question. Okay. I said we uh-huh. should be exported from the planet if we didn't know the answer. So if you shouted out Elvis, load up. You're going to outer space because you don't deserve <laughs> to win this. You know how much I love that man. Yeah. Alive or dead. But yeah. And uh, the reason why is I got the chance to work with Carl Perkins in his later years. And he was telling me all kind of trivia things and everything. And of course, you know, he said, I wrote the song, but he said they wanted to put it out on Elvis. And he said, yeah, he said, I was a little disappointed. And I said, what about your bank account? He said, oh, the, it was never disappointed. <laughs> yeah. Tiptonville, Tennessee so, native Carl Perkins, who many relate him to being from Jackson, Tennessee. That's where he's buried. Believe it or not, it was 1998 that Carl Perkins died at the age of 
65 golly that seems just like yesteryear when we lost mr blue suede shoes and Carl that's very Perkins. young you look back now it is young yeah yeah but, but uh, he had a whole bunch of like i think george one of the beatles was there and uh it was a who's who at his funeral like it was at elvis's but um you know they even had a special media room for people that were coming in to cover the event because he was such a you know just a well-known artist just because he was so close to nashville he really you know um always involved in the industry here in memphis and in nashville right right carl perkins who had the country hit of blue suede shoes well we heard a little luke combs music coming back from break and Luke Combs has made history as the first artist to lead all five of Billboard's country charts simultaneously for multiple weeks. And these charts include the Hot Country Songs chart, Country Airplay, Country Streaming Songs, Country Digital Song Sales, and Top Country Albums. All from March 30th, Combs is the first stage, the the quintuple chart achievement on the list dated March 9th. How about that? Luke Combs, I guess this means he's doing pretty well. Oh, yes. He's uh, he's doing as well as, like I said, I think they had the ninth number one for Cole Swindell. But, you know, everything he's put out, he's, you know, keeps charting number one. So he is going to be having a career for a very, very long time. Yeah. And, of course, the other artist that led all five charts for Simon Tennessee for just one week was um, Kane Brown. And he did that back in October 2017. So Luke broke that record. Well, we wish all these fellows the, the, and gals the best when it comes to sales because, frankly, we all know that you don't sell quite as much as you used to. These artists are often making their big money from touring, not necessarily from record sales and even airplay charts. I guess they don't make as much as they used to. And we want our country artists to rival the sports stars, Precious, and make hundreds of millions of dollars a year, if, if at all possible. I know it just it makes me sad. I'm not going to say, but I was at Home Depot about three years ago getting something, and I recognized a country songwriter, a big one, that was there, and um, and another country artist from the '90s that was working there. So uh, I won't say any names, but it made me realize that this illegal downloading is really hitting home. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, when you have to do that. Um, but you know, but once again, it 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 just breaks my heart. Hopefully, we can get everything rectified. There's a big thing coming up—a town meeting with Spotify and Amazon. That NSCI stepped out on the platform. It's going to be April the 10th. Um, I've actually called over there today and asked them to get me the invite for media. I said, "Can I share it?" And they said, "Please, by all means. We want a packed house." I said, "Okay, I'll share it on Facebook." So, if you see the 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 NSAI town hall meeting, you're going to know that I did get permission to share it on Facebook. Ah, okay. And again, for the Mm -hmm. lay person who may not know all the ins and outs of songwriting, tell us what that really is all about. Uh, Well, you know, the songwriters hasn't had a raise since 1944. Mm. Okay. So it's almost, yeah, it's like 70 something years, whatever. I'm not good at math, but (laughs) what this basically says, instead of them getting paid 4.5 cents, for each spin, they would be paid 7.5 cents, which is like three cents raise. And Spotify and Amazon and another um, uh, platform is going against it and refusing to abide by the federal law that they're trying to push. Through. They're trying to go against it. The only one that has stepped back and said, yeah, we're going to pay the songwriters is Apple Music. So I got a feeling um, 
once this is over with, they might change their mind. I said, between you and me, Amazon is not going to miss two cents a download. You know what I mean? Going to a songwriter, you know, but that's just, I mean, I'm very protective of my songwriters. I love my songwriters. And, um, as I told the vice president of ASCAP one day, I said, I probably whoop somebody's hiney over songwriter, but yeah, it's, it's been a long time coming. I mean, imagine you never getting a raise for 70 years, you know, because we want to keep music coming to the general public in the in the global based world with all this digital world. You know, seven point cents a spin is not a lot of money if you think about it, you know. No, it's not. And that's why we I know Marsha Blackburn, the new senator from Tennessee, was instrumental, along with Lamar Alexander and others from the whole country. I think there was a measure that passed unanimous in the Congress at the end of 2018, I think, and President Trump signed some kind of legislation. So I know changes are in the works, but it still might not help out those who you say you've seen working at Home Depot. Yes, exactly. And I I mean, if I say the names, y'all would probably have to fan one of the Southern ladies listening to the show. Yeah. Uh, But yes. But, you know, international touring like the Bellamy Brothers, you know, they're a they always, they literally have been touring in Europe for almost 30 years. They've been on the charts since 1976 with Let Your Love Flow. Yeah. And so but, a um, lot of people like the Bellamy's go over to Europe to get, I guess they make more money over there than they would even in America? Oh, yeah. And they pay 80% more on spins over there than they do in America. Ah. But, um, but the dates they got booked for June to October, which is the good days where it's not really freezing your doo doo off <laughs> in, in Europe. But uh, they, they're going to be in Switzerland, Belgium, and I ran into their sons were actually uh, David's sons, Noah, and the, and the the other one, and I my mind gone blank here, but they were in the office writing about a couple of weeks ago, and uh, so I think they said they're fixing to head over to Germany, Norway, Sweden. So, you know, they've always have a packed calendar. They got the TV show going on, and I mean they're like rocking and rolling it. Yeah. And, uh, well, as a matter of fact, we were in Memphis one time, and we were trying to. The bus driver was trying to turn the bus around, and he misdiagnosed, I guess you call it, that the way to get in the gate and out, and we were stuck in the bus for almost seven hours, so I came up with the idea to take the trailer off. <laughs> but we went to a market and got bananas and food to eat so we can get to the gig, because, you know, we were there to do the gig, but we just couldn't leave the gig. That's <laughs> worth because of the way the bus was parked. Country music birthdays. Today would have been Billy Joe Royal's birthday. He was born in 1942, so he would have been, what, 77 years old today. He was born in Valdosta, Georgia, died in Moorhead City, North Carolina, back in 2015. He started out in rock and roll and then went on to have a few hits in country music in the 1980s. Billy Joe Royal's birthday today. Then you have Troy Gentry, who passed away in 2017. His birthday would be Friday. Sadly, he was killed way too early in that 2017 helicopter crash. Also on Friday, Cowboy Jack Clement, he died back in 2016. He was born back in 1931. And the great Merle Haggard, his birthday, April 6th, he was born in 1937. We lost the Hag three years ago this weekend. So some of our country greats who've moved on to the great beyond with some birthdays here this week precious thank you so much for all that you do and we enjoy all the fun that you bring here on the y'all show well i enjoy being here like i said i can't wait to tell you what there's some stuff going on this week that i'll be able to share with you guys next week 
coming out. So I'm very, very excited about that. And so I look forward to seeing you guys next week. All right. We look forward to it, Miss Precious. Well, that will wrap up this Wednesday. Y'all, thank you so much. Speaking of country music, on Thursday's Y'all Show, we are going to go back to our CRS tapes, and we have a very talented country music newcomer. Alexis Ebert will be on with our CRS tapes, and we can't wait to let you hear this native of Oregon who's been living in Nashville for more than a decade, and she's got a brand new single out and is unbelievable and you'll be introduced to Alexis Ebert on Thursday in our CRS tapes. That plus much, much more, including our SEC spotlight. That's all headed your way tomorrow on Y'all. Thanks for listening to the All Southern Show. I'm John Rawl, signing off. Oh, fresh powder. I'll get the skis. Ugh, I can't. Winter nasal congestion. Is it A, cold, B, sinus pressure, C, allergies? I'm not sure. For all of the above, the answer is D, Allegra D, a maximum strength decongestant, plus a powerful non-drowsy antihistamine for 24 hours of relief. Feel better? <sighs> yep. Feel like racing? <laughs> hey, wait. This winter, the answer is Allegra D. Look for Allegra D at the pharmacy counter. Use as directed.